Aye, so Jason, what are you what are you uh, working on at the moment? What are you painting? What am I painting? Desk? I've got four things actually, because um, I'm I'm a bit of a flitter over things. When, when you get when I get a bit dogged down with it, I'm like, all right, do something else then. I always have something to go. I've got some more urukai because I need more, uh, and it's it's I've got, I must be on two hundred now. Urukai mental. Um, so I've got some goblins, Moria goblins on the go. I've got some, I've got some Gaslands cars kicking around. And then I've got a Dungeon Saga troll that I've been waiting to do for a while, but I just haven't got around to that. And it's lovely when you've got lots of things kicking around. I love that because then no matter what my fancy is, I've got something to pick. Yeah, do, do you? Do, so you're against the grain with what you hear a lot. Like you, you prefer to have loads of stuff sitting waiting to be painted because I, I know a, a lot of people get bothered by that. Do they? Yeah, I don't know I, why. I, it's, it's 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 much nice. I don't want too much. You know, if you if you're there looking at a mountain of potential, and it can, I can dock you down. It's like I'm never going to do it. You're eating the elephant. You're never going to be able to eat the elephant. But no, just chunk it down. But yeah, four four little things in my head because I'm quite a busy man in some sense. I mean, I, I run my own business. I've got kids. I've got my wife, um, and. I get half hour here, an hour there. Um, I try to use the dead time. So like that time that you're sat there with your missus watching the telly, you're not really watching, are you? You're just sort of you know, zoning out, having a quick chat. Well, paint them. I've got an hour now. Let's, let's do that. What do I fancy? And then I just always do something. So my only rule is, all right, you've got a dead space. Pick up, pick it up. doesn't matter what it is. Don't, just don't even think about it too much. Just pick it up. Do a little bit. And look, the neck accumulates. Do you have a, a space, a permanent space set up that you go to then no 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 no. i just have a box of paints that i'm using for them four things that i've got kicking around um i've got actually do you know those like ikea sofas that have storage in them that's a, yeah, carpen, a carpenter so, yeah. admitting that he likes ikea but there we go <laughs> <laughs> monstrous lover that are oh, ikea um i i've got all my paints in there and then i've got a separate tiny little box like a little shoe box really just with all the bits that I'm using for them four projects. And I just grab that out, put it on my coffee table, and now for where I go. Mm. Um, and then I put it away again. And that way the wife doesn't have to live with chaos. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's at the army she uh, collects. Absolutely. <laughs> and she stomps me every time. So that is the thing, though. Is that, um, not many, I've not, I don't know, it's just me, I'm in a misogynistic culture maybe, but I've got no, there's no women in the, in, in the gaming rounds of near me um but my wife likes gaming i found thanks to lockdown fantastic forced her to have a go and she likes it she hates warhammer but she likes dungeon saga <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was going to ask you about that and do you think that that is just you know it's a boxed game everything's here versus you know let's get the tape measure out and just it's a bit of a free-for-all well, when she was swearing at me at how um, awful uh, Warhammer was, I asked her, what is it you like then? What is it you liked about these games? Because my sister was the same. She had a go, and she did not like Warhammer at all. I mean, it's such a hard sell. I've never, I've only sold it once to a new gamer, the system of Warhammer in any form. Whereas Dungeon Saga, I have yet to fail. And I've done it to maybe 12 of my mates and various other people and people that are extant to me as well. And, and they, they always love it. And I've asked them, what is it they like? And it's the, the reassurance of the squares, for one thing, because that free movement thing throws people for some reason. Mm. I, I'm not quite sure why. I don't know whether I'm just so used to the system 
of free movement because you know we grew up with it. I presume, I presume you did as well. It's just something mm. that was natural, um, but they, it freaks them out. That that surety of squares, new, newbies love it, and my kids love that as well. They're like, yeah, seven squares, fantastic, and can do that. Um, there must be something about it not being too massive an endeavor as well. Like he said, and a self-contained game is quite. It's not. I'm not going to say small in scope, but it is contained, and it's it's there's boundaried, and mm. they can work within that boundary. And that's that reassurance. They like that. But then we took a step back as well with my sister and, and my wife and went to an even simpler game. And they didn't like it because they were used to having a little bit of depth, a little bit of maneuver, a little bit of variation. Um, what did you go to then? What did what, what else did you try? Well, we tried. Uh, it's a little board game called Zombies. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I, I, I used to have that. Yeah. So it's like um, little tiles and the miniatures are very, very basic and like... Yeah, great fun. Thousands yeah, of like them. A, a great, a great game. But yeah, I, I, I get it. It's um, it got a bit like old quite quickly. But I think it's a classic, as far as I know. Absolutely. And the trouble with classics is they've become classics. They've been superseded by something better, mm-hmm. and it's a real problem um, for people that love classic stuff. Because I, I couldn't, I couldn't sell it to them. They just didn't want it. Mm-hmm. They just said, "No, no, I'm used to Dungeon Saga now." And Dungeon yeah. Saga, it seems to be that because it's modern game mechanics that are by professionals um, that have been in it for a long time, they do, they've, they've stretched simple mechanics to do quite a lot simultaneously. So there's quite mm-hmm. a lot of depth and variation within them. It's so clever what these people do. But it's, they, they're into that now. And that's, that's precisely the opposite is what put them off of Warhammer because it's mm-hmm. the too many layers. They said, why, why am I rolling to hit and then rolling again? That was a sticking point, I have mm-hmm. to say. There was much Anglo-Saxon words associated with that particular point. <laughs> and that's, they said, why am I doing this? And I said, oh, yeah, I still had depth and all this. And I, I, I vaguely convinced myself of that point. And she said, no, Jason, it's because it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> why are we well, doing um, Not that it means much to me, but what additional Warhammer were you, were you playing? Quite a recent one. It was sixth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I dared go further back because I thought the crunchiness and the, and the constant referencing was just going to put them off immediately. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, no, we're going to go a skirmish version of Sixth because it's in the back of the appendices of the notebook. And it's the most accessible edition that I remember because um, I just thought, you know, it's all in one book. We can do the skirmish. Not many, not many models. You know, there's only 12 models aside, one of them um, skirmish scenarios. And if, are you familiar with Warhammer editions much? Not, I wouldn't say extensively, no. I think I always get the first um, Warhammer that I had, or the only Warhammer I owned wrong. I think it's fourth, the High Elves and the Goblins. You smack on. Right? You are yeah. smack on, yeah. Well, this it's one was 2000. corrected so many times. <laughs> Fair enough. How dare you not know your Warhammer? You absolute <laughs> infidel. Um, no, it's uh, 2000s. And it's when they went to the, everything was in one book, and in the box was orcs with a chariot and then some humans with spears and a, a cannon. Mm. And that, that was the addition. And it was, I've spoken to the guy who wrote it very briefly online. They're very nice of them to answer. God knows why they did, but they did. And, and he said what he thinks about, is best about uh, that particular edition is it was in the transition point between when video gaming became just unbelievably good. Mm. Um, you know, and everything else, and then how the hell are you going to sell these old, crunchy, massive book systems to this generation of people? And it's like on that cuff, it's on that sort of a uh, tipping point. Um, mm. 
between the old gaming systems and modern sleeker gaming systems. So he said, you still got the vastness of a Warhammer game, but it's getting closer to a sleeker system. And it's on that sort of uh, tipping point. And he said, that's possibly why it was the more accessible or the, or the most popular one at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I'd give that a go because it's a little skirmish thing. They hated it. They absolutely hated it. I can't sell it to them. Like, <laughs> Might might be just. I'm trying not to take it personally because I'm trying to think. Oh, it's not because you're a bad salesman, Jason, necessarily. Although, um, you know, my ego won't allow me to think I'm a bad salesman. But when Dungeon Saga has been so successful, and I mean thoroughly successful, and getting it to new people, like a complete opposite experience, um, it's got to be the game because I'm mm-hmm. very passionate about the game. So I don't think the passion's lacking. And did did you know the game quite well? You know, when you were playing them, or so it wasn't like you were leafing through the book and saying, "Hold, hold on a minute, like <laughs> give, give me a minute." I mean, they they were put off instantly when I gave them a reference sheet, mm-hmm. um, because that, even though that's very condensed down and pared back, it seems to be from the evidence of what I was observing in these people, and these aren't dim people. Um, these these aren't simple people. These you know these are teachers and engineers and stuff like this. They've never done it before. They were just like, well, this is code. You know, you need to know what you're talking about to know what this is referencing. And so there's a lot to learn even with a reference sheet. And I knew all the rules off pat. And we were doing it very simple. Like I said, it was just twelve people per side skirmish game mm-hmm. for Warhammer because. And I just thought, keep it dead simple. This is the simple as I can get it without it being boring. And that didn't go for it at all. Only one did. And he, he since left because he hates the other aspects of the hobby. He just wants the game ready to go. He doesn't want to have mm-hmm. to make or paint or do any of the scenery. He just wants to play the game. Um, it's very interesting in that sense. <laughs> I just wonder how they sold it at all in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Going back into the dipping back into the nineties then, what about what about you getting started with it? Like how how did that come about? Oh, it was a glorious mid-90s moment, walking in the back alley of Basingstoke, and then I saw this little skeleton man that was like from Jason the Argonauts. Do you know that film? The Harry Harryhausen yeah, 60s film? Yeah. I mm-hmm. adore that film, not just because of my namesake, though it might be partially. I, I just love those skeletons, and they scream, you know, they're, they were running around. Um, and there was a little skeleton man, the undead skeletons, uh, the old plastic box set just in the window. You know, my head nearly twisted off its... It's <laughs> just whacking around to have a look at this thing. Dragged my mum in there. And um, the Games Workshop, um, red jumpered, lovely person, just gave me one for free. <laughs> Hooked. How could I, really? how could I leave? Really? Yeah, he just had a load on the side that he was making up. It was back in the day when they were trying to grow the business massively, I think. And they were just mm-hmm. like, well, we've got these free plastics, you know, and you love that skeleton thing so much? There you go, lad. That was the, that was the best investment Games Workshop ever made. It was a 20p worth of plastic given to a young lad and then thousands of pounds later over multiple decades. Yeah. What an investment. I know. Um, tremendous. And he also gave me something called a space marine, which I had no idea what it was at the time. But then he vaguely explained that it was this, oh, it's these cosmic knights that are um, kind of like Templars, but more insane, more devout. And they, they battle space demons and aliens. Well, I almost passed out. 
<laughs> How exciting is that for an eight-year-old? Did you get yourself sent away with like a wee leaflet as well? Did you get a copy of White Dwarf or anything? Uh, I didn't get a copy of White Dwarf. My mum couldn't afford it at the time, but I took every piece of free paraphernalia that they had going, which was quite a bit at the time, <laughs> including these really, because you know, being eight years old, you're not, you're not reading anything necessarily unless you're particularly bright. I wasn't. That's why I'm in construction. Um, <laughs> but you know, just took anything that had interesting pictures, and they, they had plenty of nice, bright, colourful pictures back in them days, didn't they? And they had this thing like... Um, I can't remember what it was. It was some scheme, maybe perhaps you remember, where they had cards that you would stamp and they were littered with nice pictures and you would stamp the cards when you bought something and then you'd end up with a freebie at the bottom. Um, well, I took one for every army of that just because I had them on my bedroom wall, this blue tack, just because I liked the pictures. I never bought mm. anything, obviously, but the pictures looked fantastic and I was well into it. Um, <laughs> um, it was brilliant. It's just it's nostalgia in that. But I think it's also a different ethos because I went into the games workshop recently and they've not necessarily got any freebies, have they? Um, or anything like that. I didn't get that vibe. I, I asked him, is there any free thing free? And he went, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I could see him reaching under the counter and I thought, oh, no, okay. <laughs> Maybe leave. get a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, bring it in and then he tell me to get out. You can't drink in here. <laughs> um but maybe I've just got a particularly grumpy backwater games workshop. But nonetheless, it, it, I, I don't know whether they're growing the business or not. I, I mm. understand that they're an untold multi-billion pound company now. But is that IP? Because they're massively into video games, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Aye. Um, and they've reduced the number of stores. I know that. But then that's the same across the entire retail industry, isn't it? I've, got, I've had no end of my clients complaining... <laughs> endlessly about oh all the high street stores that i used to own have gone so oh yeah okay never mind um so where's all their money coming from maybe it's video games and they're not pumping necessarily much into their tabletop games anymore because i know i know my youngest siblings they're all into video games it is the thing isn't it it's, it's even bigger than when i was young so i loved my video games when i was young but it's nothing like it is now is it i mean they're I mean, she was showing me this thing this video game warhammer video game my sister, and it was vast. Mm -hmm. um, what do they call it? Open world things? My God, yeah. it was endless. <laughs> like you can I, lose I, yourself I, for months. I try and not touch them. Like I, I play a bit of FIFA, but that's like a five-minute game. And, you know, the last couple of games I got into video games were like Skyrim or Fallout, which were vast. But my, I, my sister loves Skyrim. You're in good company, though. I just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get involved in it now because it's too good. Um, Problem, in a different way like I, d I don't finish a six hour Sky Skyrim marathon not that I'd get away with that these days but I don't come away for that thinking that was great but like if you've actually done a physical game or painted something I think you're walking away from that quite chuffed with yourself so absolutely um, I mean I'm scratching around for an hour to paint if I get into a video game and then all of a sudden it's midnight and I don't know how it happened. <laughs> That's not a good thing. You're not thinking, what a, what a great man I am. You know, no. Just sat on the couch for six hours. No, there's an image of a man in my head and it is not a great man. <laughs> Especially when I look around and I say, oh, when did I eat that bag of crisps? <laughs> what happened there? What, um, what armies or army did you collect back in the day and how does that differ from the, the kind of Warhammer stuff you collect these days? Um, in the day, it was entirely restricted by finance because um, I was entirely dependent on my single mother who worked at the, I mean, for, for British people, WH Smiths. She just worked there, just no, no money, but she had um, money off the White Dwarf. So most of the miniatures I had 
um, she would wait until the white dwarf had a freebie on the front and then she'd buy that one for me mm-hmm. and then i'd accumulate these freebies and then my uncle who had a bit more cash would at uh, christmas would occasionally buy me a little box of something so mm-hmm. i had the skeletons and i had the freebie um bits and pieces off white dwarfs and i got now and again i, I think i got a little box from my uncle which was mostly i think i had an eldar viper and a few um dozen um, space Marines and Space Orcs, and I never played the games properly, but I, by hell, I had a lot of fun with them <laughs> back in the day. But it was in my teenage years when I was starting to work at McDonald's. I had, I felt like I was rich, and I ended mm-hmm. up splurging on Space Marines. <laughs> <laughs> space Marines and undead. That was my that was my way forward um, when I was when I was in my teens. I was just going to say, were you talking about that and the, the finances of when you're when you're wee? I always laugh at the thought of me and my pals, like two or three of us, sitting with copies of White Dwarf and, you know, the catalogue pages, and then they had the mail order thing that you could fill out. We would just write all the stuff we wanted and price it all up. It was never, ever going to happen. You'd you'd write this thing and you'd be like, this is what I'm getting. And it'd be like, you know, £120. And then your pals like, so how much you got saved up so far? Um, About £3.50. <laughs> so, like, it was yeah, never, I'm, ever... I happened. recently went to the McDonald's Saver. I'm sorry, I'm a quid down now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Aye, so... Um, but you could always dream. And I, I think that's the... You know, one of the great things when you come back um, as an adult with a job and, you know, a bit of disposable income, at least, that you can now and then treat yourself and... You know, you, you imagine your maybe 11-year-old self seeing you doing that and thinking, oh, he's got it made. <laughs> oh, mate, my, my 11-year-old self was not imagined. It was at before he came right through my unconscious and he saw how much I was earning with McDonald's because they paid amazingly well in the day. And I think I was, I think it was like 2004, five, and I was getting paid £9 an hour at McDonald's. And I was doing, I'd like, yeah. exactly, yeah, even today, it's not to be sniffed at. But it's, and I was doing 40 hours a week, you know, around my studies. And I was, so I felt flush. My 11-year-old went, well, 50% of that's going on G-dubs. <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. Oh, mental. I accumulated so much so quick. Um, even though the Thunderhawk gunship, that's how stupid it got. When did you When did you sort of get back into it all, and how did that come about? Well, I took a break because um, I had to get a bit serious about getting my studies done, and I stopped at McDonald's. And we had, to, and I was with my now wife, and we had plans, you know. So you take you take your finances into one direction, and your all of your time is then developing your career, developing your business, doing this, doing that, having kids, um, and then I stress during that peak time when you know when, I don't know if it's the same with you, but when you start having a, your first child, it's a massive psychological shift. Um, I was surprised at how much of a psychological shift it was because you lie to yourself, don't you? Go, no, it's going to be fine. You know, a bit of strategic yeah. ignorance with these things is necessary, isn't it? <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, and that that peak stress where you got your business on the go, you spent all your money on your house, blah blah blah, and you just go, no, you need something from me. And you remember all the fun you had, so you go back to that and you find yourself some time. Otherwise, you'll burn out. Um, and that was in my late twenties. Um, I found that I particularly loved it and because I had the adults restraint and um, and means of getting projects done built into me now because of that previous experience we have to in order to build yourself up into something worthy of a, of a business and everything else you've got all these new skill sets and restraint and control as well as disposable income to do something quite fun um, so when I got back into it the first thing I did is I thought I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do this by half measures 
I'm not. I am gonna go. I I'm. What did I always want to do? I wanted a massive table with two vast armies. That's what mm-hmm. I wanted. So that's that's what I'm gonna do, Jason. How are you gonna do that? You've got a little mid terrace house. Is that all right? We'll knock a wall through. It makes it open plan. We've always wanted open plan, haven't we, love? Yeah, it's got nothing to do with a table. Um, <laughs> and, and now I've got a flat pack table that fits under my stairs that's 12 foot by 6 foot. And I've got um, about 3,000 points of humans painted up. 3,000 points of undead as well because I'm, I'm a flitter. I can't just do one thing. Mm-hmm. I've very nearly finished my 10,000 points of orcs and goblins. I'm very close to finishing that. And then I'm bound to the humans or undead to um, get them up to the same standard. And that way, once a year, maybe, I'll have a big game um, with people that are willing. Um, and then my other game and things were just done with Dungeon Saga, which was introduced during lockdown because I was there thinking, no one's coming around to play a big game. No one's coming around to do all this stuff. But I can get Dungeon Saga and my wife will play it. She said she'll give it a go because she's equally as bored and, and as <laughs> about to tear the walls apart as me <laughs> with lockdown let's do, let's do this and so my little gaming was with Dungeon Saga and now with Gaslands I've recently found which is a very fun game um, and, and and Warhammer's back in it as well now that's kind of kind of what I'm about and I love proxies I don't like going to the originals they're stupidly priced yeah yeah I have, I'm going to pick up on a couple of those things first things first like Dungeon Saga uh, what? Where did you come across that? The interwebs. I think it was. Um, are you familiar with Beast of War? Heard the, of the it, on, yeah. on tabletop thingy. Aye. Um, big happy Northern Irish fellas. Mm, um, aye. A bit of fun to watch during lockdown. Because I, I found myself with some more time, um, because I, I voluntarily took. Because in construction, we didn't have to stay at home. But the government made us successfully scared enough that I took three months off <laughs> to try. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, that, that ended after a while. But during that three months, I had a lot more time. So I started watching stuff on YouTube and all this and getting into the hobby a bit more like that. And I found myself enjoying it and stumbled across these on tabletop fellas. And they were introducing me to all these games and not Games Workshop. Because my, my focus, my, my, my known point of reference was Games Workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But this on tabletop fellas, they treat Games Workshop like they're a, a subsect of the entire hobby. Mm-hmm. And they've got all this other stuff. And I've, I zoomed in on Dungeon Saga for some reason. You know, it'd take a team of Soviet psychologists to understand why Dungeon Saga attracted me. It's kind of like why you like redheads instead of blondes. I just went, ah, that's what I'm having. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm buying. I'm buying that one. And it was cheap. It was fun. It was everything you want in a game. Do you do you tend to play it um, two-player? Or do you, do you manage to get like the, the whole family involved or more than two players? I, I regularly play two player, me and my wife, or um, uh, me and my daughter. Um, the daughter is not really playing a game with the daughter. She's just having a little sort of uh, like a role play sort of. Oh, we're going to the shops with the skeletons, daddy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly what we're doing. Um, <laughs> but mostly, we have friends around for a takeaway because you know we all want salt and fat in our <laughs> in our life. Absolutely, yeah. And they, they, I said, hey, do you fancy a game? And I said, "What? Yeah, what's involved?" He said, "Nothing. You just sit there and you you play. I'll tell you what to do." Um, and they're grand. They love it. They think it's great. They've they've been asking me to do it again. That's how successful it is. It's not like I'm badgering them. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. Then, are you when you do the two player with it? Are you doing the one of you's the overlord, one of you's the 
heroes. Yes, you, um, because I'm not too keen on the co-op or solo mm-hmm. for reasons that I'm not sure. I think I should give it a better go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the social side of things. Yeah. Uh, so I like, um, it's not necessarily combative, but it is sort of, you're on that side, I'm on this side, let's have a go. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I just, whatever time we do have, I save myself for those moments rather than a solo or co-op. Um, I don't know, I feel like I feel, I feel like I'd probably get a bit depressed and sad playing solo. I don't know why, but that's how I would. That's how I yeah, visualise doing... it. I'm doing Rangers of Shadow Deep, but doing it co-op, so like... Um, oh, so I, look at the social, so you're doing the solo yeah. aspect of it, but with another mate. Yeah, exactly, so we're on the same team, but, you know, we're um, working together, and I quite like that. Um, How'd you find that game? That one flew me by for some reason. Love it, absolutely love it, yeah. Um, yeah What's really the core idea of it? So you're, you've got a Ranger... And the Shadow Deep, it's, you, you could potentially compare it to like the, the, the Chaos Waste, I suppose. It's a, just a bad blight on the land and it's increasing, you know, it's taking over towns and stuff. So these rangers are going in. They've got, you've got a couple of companions. The usual stuff, you know, it could be um, a mage or, you know, a barbarian or whatever. Um, but all miniature agnostic. And uh, your ranger's your key character. So any human player has their ranger plus their companions. And you're just going into a scenario and the book tells you, you know, set your table up this way, that way, put your buildings here, here are your baddies that you need, proxy them if you need to. And then you, you're you kind of, you've got a deck of um, playing cards, normal playing cards, but they correspond to certain um, instructions each turn. So, you know, things will happen and get in your way. Um, so it's a, it's a brilliant system. I mean, I, I know very little about games or game design, but I, I thoroughly enjoy it and... Um, I find it find it very accessible too, which helps for me because I'm I'm not the brightest. So, nah, no, I mean, I mean this is there's a reason I did physical jobs because I, I could <laughs> thought of going and study <laughs> properly all my days. What do you make of the miniatures in Dungeon Saga? Simplistic, um, utterly simplistic, but I think deliberately so. I mean, my mm. daughters they they love them because they just well they're ready to go. They just go, oh, it's this, that. Yeah, and they pick it up. Grand. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about them picking it up because they could throw it across the room and it wouldn't break. Yeah, aye, they're, they're hardy, aren't they, the minis? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've heard so many negatives about that aspect of those minis. I feel like mm-hmm. they've missed the point. Yeah. Um, for, for veteran gamers, you want the core set and throw away the minis um, if you want a dungeon game. I think that's what you want to do. But I think this game is specifically at its best for new people and for young people. That's that's where this game's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, you can get quite deep into it if you want to, because you can layer whatever you want on top. Um, you, you can go as, as deep and as far as um, Warhammer Quest, Hero Quest, or foot, turn it into a full RPG and go dun- and go um, Dungeons and Dragons with it. It's, it's not a problem. But the point is, that core box, you've got minis that can't be destroyed, even with a hammer, you'd, you'd struggle on some of them. <laughs> um, which is ideal um, and I've painted them up that to, and I feel quite happy with them I feel fine mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. you know, they're clearly not the best but they're not meant to be and that's partially why it's affordable I can get the core box for £40 new yeah I painted the, I painted all of the miniatures in the box very quickly because oh you got Dungeon Saga too? yeah Good man <laughs> so I, I, and, I, and like I say I, I made sure I painted all the miniatures 
and I think because they were so basics, basics quite a harsh um, term to to describe them. But I, I wasn't bothered in them being spectacular. Not that I'm capable of doing that anyway. But I battered through them pretty quick. You know, a lot of washes and dry brushing, contrast paints. Um, I just well, you, you edge on a subject that's close to my heart, actually, because you said you're saying you're, you, it was almost like you're admonishing yourself for saying basic, but actually that that's that's gaming. Mm-hmm. I, I've been having a look at these. Um, for years, we've been ogling heavy metal and we've been ogling people on YouTube and everything else. It's not attainable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to say that. It's it's a fool's errand in some sense, unless that's entirely your thing, that you are buzzed and you love the art of it. it it's pointless. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I won't get anywhere. Never. I, I did the math on them. I can't remember what White Dwarf was, but they, but they released a brand new undead army and they brought on the heavy metal two, two people that painted this army. And it wasn't a big army. It was 2,000 points. And it was only, what, 80 miniatures? Yeah. And and these two blokes, they explained that there was a 35-stage step per miniature. That would, <laughs> and they're that painting do, 20 at a time. Yeah. And they told me how many hours it was. And these are full-time professionals. They took two of them a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 45, 50-hour weeks. That's just not happening. Attainable for most people, is it? Well, especially because I'm going to presume that they're faster than me to get that quality. That they can do that quality for a start. And then if I just do an hour a week at half the speed they can do it, to meet that, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at three years to get one army. It's just not... Yeah. I, I won't have the willpower <laughs> to keep it up either. Yeah. I think people are... They, I, well, I say people. I'm speaking out of turn there. For myself... For many years, I laboured under the understanding that that was what I needed to do. I needed to get that standard or as close to that standard as I should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it it wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't right. I'm much I, better now. It's simplistic. And I'm happy. I'm happy with them. They look fine. Yeah, yeah. No, you sent me some photos over. They look, your, your stuff looks magic, like looks first class. Oh, you'll get a Christmas card this year now. <laughs> My um, only one. <laughs> but it's, it's from a distance, isn't it, for gaming? Because if you look close at those Urukai, I'm, I'm very grateful that you like the look of them, but if you look close, they're tatty by YouTube standards, by heavy metal standards. Mm. But they don't look it. And no one's ever mentioned it. I've now, And when I've come back the next day, I've gone, oh, I look fine. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. And, and I've got them done. You know, I've got an army. I've got a 10,000-point Orc and Goblin army. Urukai and Moria Goblins, obviously, but nonetheless, I use them for Orcs and Goblins. Um, what companies are you because you're talking about proxies and that what companies are you buying your miniatures from all over the place um, mostly eBay <laughs> I, I don't even know what companies half some of the stuff comes from it's just um, like, so the Lord of the Rings stuff is the mainstay of my of my collection because I just love the aesthetic of those and they were so ubiquitous in the day because it was a massive part of the Games Workshop's co- of um, income wasn't it for a long time when the films mm. came out that there are thousands of them out there for cheap, unless you go for the collector's ones, which I don't need to because I'm looking for armies. I'm not looking for, you know, 200 pound a minute of nonsense. Just, oh, I can get a box of 80 Urukai for 15 quid here. I might have to strip a couple of them, but fine, grand. I'm happy with that. Um, I'll get a bit of Mantic. A bit of, I've got, I recently bought some Morgue miniatures. Are you familiar with them? Yeah, aye. Are they not like via Etsy or am I just pulling Yeah, them they're the most expensive I'll go because they're brand new, they're metal, but they're lovely and they're mm-hmm. characterful. I've, I've taken to only buying miniatures that I truly am buzzed by. 
because that was another aspect of well, I went down the various rabbit holes in the past of going, oh, I need to buy them. I need to buy them ones. But Jason, do you actually like them? No, but the army needs them. Well, no, it doesn't. If you don't mm-hmm. want them, you don't like them, don't do it. You're not going to paint them. And sure enough, they never got painted. Um, but I'm, I'm happier now waiting a bit longer and going, oh, I'm going to buy five minis from Etsy or Morgan Miniatures or um, there's a couple of French companies. I can't remember what they're called. Dark something? Dark Sword Miniatures? Something like that. Um, Mantic, I've bought a few of them, of their undead stuff. I quite like their undead. Um, not the Sands ones. They don't do anything for me. Do you have a preference with the, the plastic or the metal? Or you're not bothered either way? Something deep in me loves metal. I don't know why. People hate metal to paint, don't they? There's so many people slating saying metal's crap, plastic's better and all that. And I, I kind of get it. Metal has a few extra steps. But when I'm interacting with it, I'm quite a tactile visual man. And when I'm interacting with these miniatures, and that's partially why I like the big vista of a big game, because it's, it's quite a, a theatre, a theatric experience. It's quite a nice thing to interact with. And I like picking up something heavy. It feels like a sense of value to it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, So I like the metals. Uh, mostly, but I will go to plastic and I'll go for resin. I hate, I don't, I don't, I say hate. Yeah, I hate actually <laughs> the <laughs> resins. Um, some of the resins, like Citadel Finecast, they called it. Mm. Oh, they're, they're a pain in the arse for me. I mean, they're, they're great for converting in some sense because you just heat them up and you, that's another thing with Dungeon Saga, you heat them up and you can mold them to wherever you want. You can do whatever c- conversion you like. It's fantastic in that sense. Oh, that troll's arm is now doing this because you just put it in hot water. Well, the resins is kind of the same, but there's a lot of flash, a lot of cleanup. They're a bit brittle sometimes. Mm-hmm. And all of the straight spears are never straight. All of the swords need straightening out. They never stay straight over time. It, it's entirely for the company's convenience, not for, the, not for the consumer. I think hard plastic is better than resin. Um, and it's probably better than metal in some ways these days the plastics um, mm. but I I like metal it's like a classic car I prefer it to the new Beamer um, Did you know that just like every other podcast out there this show has its very own Patreon but this is no ordinary Patreon it's actually the worst Patreon ever That's right, there's no rewards, no extras, no bonus content, no early access, no shout-outs and no thank yous. I'll just take the money and quietly get on with making the show. Not that there's any money to take because hardly anyone's pledging to the thing. Like I say, it's the worst Patreon ever. Find it at bedroombattlefields.com slash worst Patreon ever. That's all one word, worst Patreon ever. Now, back to the show. What about you? How are you with these? I I tend to um, opt for metal, but I'm not um, massively fussed either way. I just, I don't really like getting these um, full unit plastic sets that's like every arm, every head, you know. They're the action man, aren't they? It's just putting putting those together. I get, I get why people would like it, you know, the uniqueness of each one. But for me, I'm a, I'm a monopose guy <laughs> with my big units. Um so maybe yes, with, with regiments, yeah. definitely. Because actually, I don't like visually the regiments that have... It's like everyone's doing a dance of their own. It's like you're at a rave. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. No one, no one in history would ever look like that, even when they're in the middle of a battle. The back three rows would be stood there waiting. 
yeah. in the same pose. And that's, yeah, that like looks the, nicer. The guy in the back rose about to spear his pal, you know, in the front. It just a spear at the back of the head for no reason. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Oh, stop dancing, uh, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I <to> look heroic. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. No one's interested and you're at the back for a reason. You know, I, I, I hearken, I've got a tenuous link to this. What I, I try and think about these things probably too much, but why, maybe one of the reasons I think monopose attracts me so much. So, like, I'm a partly sound designer by trade, like making um, soundscape sort of audio dramas and stuff like that. And in sound design, um, there's certain rules, if you like. So if you want to convey the sound of, say, we're on a farm, and you want to to you want the listener to feel like they're in maybe a cow's field. You don't just have cows mooing throughout. You know, say we've got a five minute scene, five minute conversation. The cows aren't just mooing like you're in a barn. You know, you just start. You open the scene. The cow will moo a couple of times, and then it'll go away. And you've set the scene. And I I, I kind of liken that in a very tenuous way to the monopose miniature. Like you've displayed what the unit's doing. We don't need. You know, everyone to be doing their own little dance. We just we see that unit. That's what it is, and that kind of sticks in your head. So, aye, a weird link there. I've always kind of compared the two. That's entirely analogous, I think, from what you said. Entirely. Mm. And I've, by the way, I've enjoyed your little snippets at the beginning of some of your podcasts. I, I have enjoyed those. Aye, me and Robert just knocking them up sometimes just for a laugh. Yes, it's kind of the stuff we do anyway. So. Um, You've got to be silly with these things, have you? Because it is silly, a lot of what yeah. we do. <laughs> Aye, I know, I know. Um, I, want to, I want to ask you about DIY terrain, given your, your job and your profession and that, but first I just wanted to touch on something you mentioned, uh, Gaslands. So my understanding of Gaslands, you take the old, um, what, are they, what are they wee cars, wee toy cars? It can be anything you like, but they're, they're like little die-cast cars. But it can mm. be anything. And you just smash it up and convert it and stuff and it's about mad max is that right if you want to people go mad with it because this is proper hobby stuff now because it's, there's no miniature line for it as such apart from the they've he's been so successful that he's released two plastic sprues of add-ons and conversions mm. um that you can just bolt onto it onto these die cast miniatures ostensibly 20 mil scale i think yeah i'll say I'll, we'll, we'll commit to that 20 mil um and you just bolt them on and you just go, go away and play using the book that's that's it and it could but it can be anything you want and it can almost be any scale. You just, um, just it's, it's a game designed just to play. Do your kids like that? The kids have not been introduced to it. My neighbours' kids have been introduced to it because they're a touch older. Um, my kids don't like anything so far. Well, my youngest is three. And my oldest is six. My youngest is interested in violence just to get her own way. Um, but the eldest is a soppy, soft, lovely little thing. So when she was playing the dungeon games... Um, I think I sent you a picture with her in it. She was just about to cry then because she was being chased out of the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> and when we made some minis together, um, I bought one of the best uh, mini sets I've ever come across is the Joe McCullough's Frostgraves Wizards set. Mm. It's the best little kit I've ever come across, in my opinion. And I got the female versions, which I'm loving that they're doing this these days. Um, got the female Wizards. And I said to her, here you go, like a you choose book, pick what you want. She avoids all of the weapons. She avoids anything that can hurt anyone. She made herself a witch with hands outstretched 
with a bag because she said she needs to go shopping and she's got a cat on her shoulder she's got a lovely hat and all this and she painted her up in rainbow colours and it is the most sinister looking hag I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that, that's the way they are so Gaslands is a little bit too violent for her um, mm. but I play it with my neighbour because that's the other thing my neighbour I've lived next to my neighbour for three years mm. never spoke but wives started interacting and then wifely procedures were going on behind the scenes and they spotted something in the corner of their eye and they went, Chris has got that. And then we were put together and now we're gaming and Gaslands is one of our core games. That's excellent. That's like the stuff dreams are made of. <laughs> it's happened to me three times now, man. Since my kids have gone to school, my eldest has gone to school and the wives have started meeting. These wives are coming by going, Adrian's got that. Derek's got that. All of these men are silent. None of them are advertising it. It's, it's madness what we do, why we don't talk about it more, majority of us. I mean, I don't know whether it's just around my area, but that's my experience of it, is that you don't advertise these things as part of you. You know how, like, every every second house you see has got, like, a Ukraine flag hanging out the window? Imagine if um, you just, like... Or a quill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, Bretonian coat of arms or something at the window and just see if anyone picks up on it. Well, do you know what? I was doing some stuff out the front of my house um, last year and... It's a very strange thing, but you know there's a distinctive sound of a hobbyist spraying up his minis. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not like any other sound. It's not like you're using WD-40. It's not like you're spraying up inside your car. It's that distinctive thing. Yeah. I heard it on my close, and it wasn't my neighbor, and I know that. And it was like, I, it was like I've smelt a bitch on heat. I was there looking around going, where is it? I can hear it. And so I, I went and got some minis and I started spraying on my front grass looking round, hoping someone would catch the scent. <laughs> but no, I couldn't find him. He didn't he there's didn't a, bite. There's a, there's a sitcom in there somewhere, isn't there? Like Oh, it's just strangers in the night yeah, there's exchanging a, there's glances. A, there's a street with several Warhammer players, none of which know each other. I do that's been in my experience though, no one advertises it. Mm-hmm. So even when I go around their houses, it's not on show. It's some it's tucked away somewhere. And I can go years without knowing these people are interested in it. Mm-hmm. it. It's some strange thing around me that, for instance, none of them will tell their missus, not until it's too late. You know, they can't get away now. <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes out from under the cupboard. Yeah, I do this thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why I'm not more bored of it. Just leaflet the street. Take, take away menu style leaflets. Well, we, we could try because I found myself whispering. Cause I, I was doing a plumbing course in Cardiff, and I, I found out this chap was vaguely interested. He made a joke with me because it's like almost like we're testing each other, see what we know. You mm-hmm. vaguely touch the topic and make a joke. Going, oh, do you do this? Do you, do you like wargaming? And and I, I get a bit closer, side a bit closer. Do you do you, do you like Warhammer? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <gasps> Come with me. Come on. <laughs> I don't know why we're like that. Is it the same with you? Are you quite forward and open about these things? I'm more forward these days. Yeah, I just don't give a shit these days. Same here. Um, what what anyone thinks, like, to an extent, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care if anyone um, knows that I'm into that. Painting back, that. back in my early 20s and teens, though, oh, I didn't I didn't advertise it at all. Sometimes yeah. I denied it. I, well, I, I, I remember um, the school bus. I saw a saw a boy reading White Dwarf from inside his school bag and I think we we got off at the same stop and I mentioned that and he, he had a look of alarm because he obviously thought <laughs> somebody's on to me and I was like, no, it's fine, it's fine. I've got one too. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's like it's like you're talking about crack, isn't it? Yeah, I... <laughs> but I think that's more acceptable. Yeah. What's the problem with that? Do you think? Because even now, it's like uh, geek is cool, isn't it, for the youngins? Like mm. uh, below twenties, I'd say geek is cool now. Absolutely not a problem. But yet, there's still some element of reserve in our community. Yeah. Is it? I, I don't. Is, is that your experience as well? Aye, definitely, definitely. You know, I could. You know, I could. I played for a few very low-level, like pub league football teams. I could just imagine in the dressing room, and I'm like, "So, lads, anyone get any painting done last night?" <laughs> like, I could imagine. You never know. Maybe like eight or nine boys are like, "Actually, yes, got I made some progress on my elder." <laughs> yes, I am an I and in general, absolutely. <laughs> it's like that's like a Spartacus scene. I am Spartacus. <laughs> some people start stepping up, going, "Yes, yeah," but I, I hope so. Uh, uh, anyway, sorry, derailed you completely. What were we talking about? Um, well, next thing, next thing on my wee list, if you like, was uh, terrain because you're a carpenter. Are you also known as a chippy in your trade, or is that just a region? Changes from region to region, doesn't it? So, like in Scotland, it's a joiner, isn't it? Um, yeah. You call it, and you've got your bench joiner, which is different. I'm straddling this in between a joiner and a bench joiner, mm-hmm. um, and everyone calls it different. But yeah, I, I work with wood. That that obviously though makes it um well it, it opens up a lot of opportunities for you presumably hobby wise because you're all damn near free yeah like you've got all these materials and you know very well how to use them so um oh polystyrene I'm I am ripping out roofs all the time and I'm getting enough polystyrene for forty gamers getting chucked yeah. in the skip so what sort of stuff have you made over the years over the years I have made um did I did I show you a picture of my full table I believe you did yeah. Yeah, so that's about half my terrain collection for Warhammer. Um, so I've got all the hills, the valleys, the rocks. I just get pieces of flint, stick them on cards, shove a load of sand on it. Sand is free for me as well. We chuck a lot of sand. Mm. and <clears throat> Just put it in the microwave. Um, one inch, So a one centimetre thick piece of sand in a takeaway tub in the microwave, and it's as good as the Games Workshop stuff because it's been dried out and you've paid nothing for it. Um, same with crushed slate because the slaters and the roofers, they're always doing stuff. I mean, the roofers... Even though they look, you know, to become a roofer, it, it you know, a, a criminal record is 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 not necessarily a reason to not hire you. Yeah. And, and But so they're 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 an interesting bunch of people. But if you walk up to them and go, "Can I have some of that slate you're crushing up?" They look at you like you're mad, but they're so scared that they just go, "Yeah, mate, of course." And you get yourself free slate by the bucket load with no issue. Just walk up to any builder, or scaffold, or whatever, and just go, "Look, can I have that slate?" And they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> Come on, I'll give you a little coffee cup as well to put it in if you like, mate. You couldn't possibly want it for wholesome reasons. No, they're, they're looking at you like you are an alien now. Don't you want? do you want the proper slate, mate? And they said, no, 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 that's no use to me. I want this stuff. What you mean, the Broken stuff? stuff? Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's great. And and so all the materials you could ever want, including paint, because the painters acrylic paints these days. You thin it a little bit with water, and it's good enough for terrain. It's absolutely mm. fine. And, you know, they always have base white and they have um, various other shades. And you can get them in the tester pots for free sometimes from brewers if you buy them in bulk. It's, it's not a problem. The tester pots are damn cheap as well, even if you have to buy them. Um, you get a lot of paint. And it's better than poster paint. It'll stick for, you know, 10 years on various substrates without an issue. And that's what it's designed to do in houses. It's tough stuff. And it paints up grand um, on all the on all the terrains. So, yes, I've made hills rocks um a couple of buildings i've made a um a moria set mines of moria i love that one uh, 
and I've, I've made, um, I think I made a fortress, but I got rid of it at one point because I wasn't happy with it in the end. Because what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do everything once, and I want it to cross over between every game system. So my Lord of the Rings are good for skirmishing Lord of the Rings, Warhammer, Kings of War, Dungeon Saga, the lot. Um, and, and that's how I want to do it. Because I want to do it once, and I want it to cross over as many game systems as possible. And it's the same with the terrain. So that Moria set is also good for any sci-fi or any underground mines, whatever you want, or ash wastes of Mordor, the lot. Um, same with my generic green stuff. It's generic. It can be up in the mountains. It could be out in the plains. It could be wherever you want. And then that way I'll minimize my storage. And then with my flat pack table too, which is just painter's trestles bolted together because um, they all fold down. You can stick them in your loft, stick them under the stairs. You know, It's good for anyone with a small house. Um, you can just lob it out there and you can have a 12 by 6 table in a, in a very moderate household size. You know, it only just fits, and you can do any gaming system you want. And it's the same, with, and, and the terrain is universal, um, and, and it's cheap and free. You know, I mean, it would be free for you as well, because all you do is walk up to a builders and say, "Look, guys, I'm, I've got an art project. Can I grab some of this stuff from you, Skip?" They're all too happy because Skip's are three hundred a time, three hundred quid a time. You're yeah. saving them money. <laughs> they're they're well happy. Just don't leave a mess, because um, they get more from their Skip, and just do that. So you'd never ever buy terrain then? I, I have bought um, details sometimes. So there's a huge market now um, at these bring and buy sales and stuff like that for these. I'm not sure what they're made from. I think they're kinds of resin where they've poured them in, but it feels like a bit plaster of Paris-like because they've poured it into a mold, broken it out, and they're selling it for two quid a pop, mm. something like that. And you get all these little detail things. So like, a, um, I don't know. Like a, um, um, I can't even remember the last one I bought. I've done it so, so few times. But I'd say 95% of the time, yes, you're right. I get it entirely from stuff in my skip, including dishwashers, ovens. Dishwashers are fantastic, I have to say, for sci-fi terrain. They have got gnarly parts in there. <laughs> Tell you what, I, um, that, that brings back a memory because I had the had Space Marine, Epic Space Marine, whatever you wanted to call it, you know, the 6 mil, um and I, had a, I don't know how I came across these as a child, but I had a bunch of circuit boards and they made brilliant. We, it was almost like futuristic little platforms, you know, like a circuit board that's all strange wires and colours and stuff. So I'd just a load of circuit boards laid out and it, it looked great. It does look great, doesn't it? That's possibly my favourite part of the hobby is, is, is doing stuff like that for free because I've looked at these terrain sets and I don't want them. 100 quid for one little set? Mm. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Or 3D prints and stuff, which I don't really want to get involved in. Um, it's too much room in the house, too much noise, a little bit of mess. It's not quite there yet for me. There's a bit more development to be done on the tech, and then it'll be spot on and taken over everything, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But for now, it's it's not quite there. And I enjoy making terrain. Um, and it's so cheap that if you get it wrong... You haven't wasted 50 quid in three hours painting it. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Chuck it away then. It's been no good for my gaming experience. Like, especially with platforms and things. You make all these um, Necromunda-type um, sci-fi you know, 140k terrain, and you realize that, ah, oh, I should have had a platform up back here and here, so that way you can get up and down and you make a more interesting gaming experience. All right, not a problem. That's not an issue at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheap, cheap, cheap stuff. You don't struggle for storage or that? 
Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got some in the loft. I've got some under the stairs. I've got some in my workshop, which shouldn't be there, but it looks great. And I've got a little bit under my bed. <laughs> but, you know, because it's so cheap, I can give it away to the schools. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And stuff like that. And then I'm on to something else. Because if, if my rule is if I haven't touched it in three years, it's gone. Unless it's particularly nostalgic. And it has to be particularly so. Because if I haven't touched it in three years, I'm probably not going to touch it in 20. Do you have any of your original stuff for when you were wee? A couple. Because I had a, um, a momentous event just post-2009. The company I was working for went bust. Made myself self-employed within 24 hours and smashed my leg up. Um, I was off for six months, so we were skinned. And I sold nearly everything. I, I was only um, a grand in debt after six months because of buying and selling Games Workshop on eBay um, during that time period. But most of my original stuff went during that time just to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kept my first Space Marine. Mm-hmm. My first 40k little Space Marine. I've still got him. And it looks atrocious and it's fantastic. Was he the front of the White Dwarf? He maybe. was. He was. Yeah, yeah. add one. I, I think I had a missile launcher. Well. Oh, they're great. And sometimes you got metal miniatures free with them. That was unbelievable days. Yeah, I think I, I, I always wondered about that because in my mind I got a Necron, yep. metal Necron free. Then, but then looking back, I was like, but would they have put the metal on the front? So maybe they, they must have done. And they were they were decent Necrons in my opinion because I, I got the recent ones a couple of years ago and I just hated them, got rid of them. They're blatant Terminators, though, aren't they? Yeah, I think that's what I like, because I, I love Terminator 2. And oh, I love it, it too. And do you know what else I love is all those 80s films like Aliens, like um, yeah. Big Trouble in Little China and all that, because that, if ever there was a brilliant dungeon game, it's Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to happen. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I've decided, so like Space Hulk, second, you know, the Games Workshop Space Hulk, mm. I've sold that. That's gone. Because what I've decided is, what I want from that is aliens. Mm-hmm. That, that's what that is. A blatant, <laughs> it's a blatant nod to aliens. Well, if I want that, the miniatures exist now. Yeah. And they're cheap good. as. So I've bought myself a load of aliens, the queen. I've got, <laughs> I've got the broadmother in that. I've got, yeah, I've got a Gene Steeler Magus in that. Because I, and I've got some of the colonial marines, a few spare boxes. I'm going to mash them up to make hybrids. Um, see how that goes. It might not go well. But that's the kind of thing I'm doing now. I'm sort of going, oh, you know, Necrons were grand. I've got my original metal, but I've also, because of um, Alessio Cavatori's company, have released Terminator miniatures. Well, I've got Terminators. You got them too. I've got them, the, the Genesis ones, the endoskeletons. Yeah. Yeah, the, like... the chap crawling across the floor. Yeah, <laughs> I had the broken ones, yeah. Oh, I love that. I've included them in my sci-fi dungeon crawlers because I've got the um, Mantic did a sci-fi version of Dungeon Saga, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's called um, Star Saga. Aye, oh, I've heard of that right enough, yeah. Maybe I have to look into that. Well, that's cheap as chips now as well. Is it? Yeah, I think you get a new one for 30 quid on, online. Cool. And that that's obviously Dungeon Tales, but replace them with Space. It's all sci-fi, players. yeah. And yeah. that sci-fi scenery is cracking. Mm-hmm. It is I lovely little bits it. and pieces. Um, and yeah, I'll chuck Terminators in there. Yeah. And I've got aliens in there now as well. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's everything I wanted. That's reminded me, like, um, I've got... Hang on. 
this is great audio when I go and pick something up. I got a copy of Blaster magazine. So this is like a Joe McCullough's thing, is it? Aye, yeah. So he's in it. Um, your man Hutchison that makes Gaslands. Um, he does some great rule sets. Those two blokes. So there's like that. Well, a there's a Gaslands expansion, I think, in here, and b there's a. And Joe mentioned this when I had him on the show last. He he wrote a rule set. What's it called here? Um, Death Ship One, and it's like a you're in a spaceship. It's like all sorts of wee scenarios and stuff. So I bet that would come in really handy for it. You've got like yeah, um, it was pretty expensive, but you know when you think about it, it is like a lot of games in a single book. But I think it was like. Possibly thirty quid. So, yeah, it was it's one not of too those bad. Though, considering know, what you do spend on on these things, uh, yeah. and if you get gaming out of it, I, you, there's a I, lot I, worse ways of spending thirty quid. Like, like for me, you could easily spend thirty quid on one single piece of scenery, yeah. which might not be suitable for you, or one single hour in the pub. <laughs> I'd easily do that. Like, I know steak, <laughs> my steak and chips does cost me a lot these days, but I go for it. <laughs> I know it's it's value and perceived value and all that, and that you're like, I bought a thirty pound magazine, but then you'll happily have seven pints and not think anything of it. Absolutely, but yeah, ga- Gaslands in particular is that's it's like that is like a pub meal for me. It's like one of those things. It's just it's just fun, cheap, mm-hmm. dirty, and fun. It's absolute fun. That's, that's all it is, and there's no pretentious, nothing pretentious to it. It's cheap to get into. It's just ready to go. Have you ever uh, you ever dabbled in rules writing yourself? A little bit, but being almost illiterate, which is why I'm in construction, it's not gone too well. But the key problem I have is conveying meaning in a rules setting to others in a written form. I can explain it mm-hmm. without an issue. But when you write it down for someone else, it's an entirely different level of literacy. It's entirely different. It's almost mm-hmm. like a different skill set. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I was trying to do was Dungeon Saga. I wanted to make it multi-level mm-hmm. um, because there's these battle systems, cardboard things. Yeah. Familiar with that company? Well, they, years ago now, they did a dungeon set. I think they're re-releasing a, um, a new form of it at some point. I think they're in the Kickstarter mode or something like that or getting close to it. Um, but they, they did this dungeon set, and it's all in one-inch squares, which is exactly like Dungeon Saga. And so I was thinking, right, there you go. I'm ready to go. I can take Dungeon Saga two or three levels high. All of the line of sights will still work as long as you keep all of the levels in line with the base layer um, squares. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Yeah. And so I've been working through all that sort of thing, um, as well as adding on to Dungeon Saga having um, henchmen. So henchmen teams, and you're getting up to like 12 models a side now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fun because you can get a real campaign system going where you get lots of gold, you can buy yourself some henchmen, other henchmen run away. If you have a bad time, you've got some morale problems with your henchmen. <laughs> but writing that down is a, it's a skill set beyond me so far. I'm trying. I, 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 I can I can write <laughs> uh, almost in sentences, and it's getting there. But it is hard. So, what kind of gamer are you then, chap? Are you more of a tournament gamer? You sound like you're more of an RPG leaning way, more of an experience rather than a competition. Is that fair to say? Aye, it's all narrative. Um... Rather than, uh, I, I absolutely wouldn't do tournaments or that. Um, I've done one once. I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Warhammer? Yes. 
guess that's the only tournament's about really in some sense unless yeah. you're in um, it wasn't fun for me it was not my mindset at all but that's interesting then because to my big games they're not tournament at all they're more narrative I say narrative there is there is an element of if you get if you're not tactical about this you'll probably lose but the word probably should be emphasised mm-hmm. um, it's more of a scenario because sometimes I don't even use points yeah I... um, which is a weird one to do because Rick Priestley was talking about it on some other parts. He said, we never use points. And it just threw me. What are you talking about? I never use points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but actually, it's very freeing. And you can end up having some real fun. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to know that you're a bit more narrative thing. Because do you like big games? Or are you more keen on small stuff? So I've, I've done Kings of War a couple of times. Um, but I just I, I find it intimidating doing the setup and the takedown at all. So... I think that's why I've got really into like small scale skirmish stuff and Rangers of Shadow Deep, just because I can get set up and tidied up a lot quicker. Um, so I, I think you know, I love you got a young family, have you? Yeah, I got a wee girl. Um, she's going to be one next month. Oh, you're month. in a very early days. Right? Yeah, so obviously that's um, tired like, man to, she, to be honest she sleeps well at night but last night I think because of the heat at the moment um, she was up a couple of times so uh, aye but that's it like you said earlier on things obvi- these things obviously take priority as well at that time of your life so absolutely that's interesting that you say you found it intimidating is it because that you know that you're dominating the space for so long in a family atmosphere or is it because it's just that the, the thing itself is a lot of endeavour I think it, as well it comes down to when I prefer to play. So if I was having a big game, I would want to do it during the day. Right? I'm not I'm not a late nights person. No, um, I'm not. No. I'm, I'm unconscious I'm past 10. Early nights, early mornings for me, that's the way I work. So um, when you hear about guys getting together at 8 o'clock at night and finishing their game at midnight, I just I couldn't comprehend that. Um, I couldn't have any fun at that time. Um so maybe it's because I like to play through the day and it's always on my mind that, you know, this needs to be tidied up at the end of the day because dinner will be served at some point and there can't be high elves sitting there. So, Well, it's interesting because I've had a similar problem and the way I've dealt with it in terms of dominating the space, not necessarily with intimidation because I'm thoroughly motivated to have big games, um, but in, t- in terms of dominating the space, it's like the kids will go to Nancy and Grampy's. This is why it's only once a year or something like that. You know, nan and granddads, they'll go there. Or um, or I'll rent a local space, like above a pub or a community hall, old church, something like that. They're only, they're only 30 quid for the whole day sometimes. Um, these big, you know, these community halls that, you know, you walk past mm-hmm. and you think, what the hell's that? Usually they're next yeah. to some play park or something. And you know, no one really uses them except for community meetings with the village or whatnot. 30 quid for the whole day. <coughs> They've got tables in there sometimes as well. And... You can just rock up. You're not disturbing the kids, anything like that. You're giving your missus a box of chocolates to look after them for the day. And it's just, it's just especially when there's a games master. So I usually take the because I'm so motivated for the games, with the mates, they don't usually have to prepare anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll turn up with nibbles, you know. <laughs> and maybe they're like, one of them likes to make his own army list because he's a list builder. Mm-hmm. And he, he seems to like that. And, you know, we say, oh, well, you know, whatever poison you fancy, you go and do that, then you nutter. Mm-hmm. And, and and they'll it'll turn up with this section of the army. But I've done the scenario, I've done the painting, I've done the, everything else, set it up, 
and you just come in for the experience for the day. Mm-hmm. Would that solve a lot of your problems? Is that? Yeah, I I suppose. Yeah, I just um in the, the the days that I've set aside at the moment to game, I'm I'm kind of looking towards Rangers of Shadow Deep just because we're involved in a campaign. Yeah, and that's so, your wheelhouse. Exactly, that's what yeah. your motivation is. That makes sense because time is precious, isn't it? When you've got a mm-hmm. young young and Aye, that's it. Like if I if I get six games a year, I'll be delighted with that. And to some folks, that might be sound really unambitious, but. Um, some is I hear some people saying, "Oh, we we twice a week." Yeah. Excuse me. What do you mean twice a week? What do you do <laughs> all day that you've got that mm-hmm. much time? But no, I, I remind myself not everyone's got a business or a family, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what they do. But no, I, I, I want once a year big game. That's what I get, and then once every two months, six weeks, I get smaller games. Mm-hmm. Aye, no, it's, it's good to have that kind of FA Cup final esque. You know, this is the big. This is the well, big it one certainly feels like. special. Mm-hmm. There is the suit on. <laughs> oh, I, I am doled up entirely. <laughs> uh, uh, high heels, Moria, Moria. I got my Moria dwarf helmet on. I am ready to go. Chainmail, actual chainmail. Well, I just, I just thought there's these Indian fellas that um, I've started making reproduction armor on eBay. Yeah, and they're cheap as for what they actually are, and you got like the. Uruk High helmets, you've got Moria Dwarf helmets, you've got all this stuff. I'm so, well, I, I've got to. <laughs> you know, if you think the roofer uh, was was a bit scared when you asked him for some... Uh, oh, he nearly dropped one when I turned up with my Moria helmet. He didn't know what was going on. Actual armour, <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, mate. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the way the Kazadum? It just looks at you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kazadum, you're local, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I'm I'm kind of running out of time, but um, oh, sorry, man. Yeah, like I said, just, you tell me to show up and we'll go. <laughs> no, no, just uh, it's been it's been really enjoyable. We'll have to we'll have to get together again to to continue our chat. Is there anything like um that you want to point towards or share or anything like that before we get wrapped up? I think just the conviction that you don't have to do it really high standard. That's something I wish that many of my mates would take on board more because they get so bogged down with wanting to do it to the same level as they're seeing. And they get a little bit depressed sometimes. Like, oh, for God's sake, sort of thing, you know. Just just lower your standards. It's okay. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'd love to talk to you more, man. So, yeah, if you're ever fancy or if you've got something you want to chat about and you think I'll be good to ramble on with, just we'll, we'll do it. Because I, I love chatting about these things. Yeah, and I'm enjoying your content, so keep it up. I'm loving that. Thank you. I am. Um, I've been. Um... I'm always a bit self-deprecating on the show, saying I'd never get any feedback, and that's—I I wanted to say that actually on the the show. It's not—it's not strictly true. Um, there have been a few really nice emails and that that have come in, um, and folks filling the survey out as well. Uh, so I really do appreciate that. I want to say that to well yourself, Jason, because you did that, and also other folks that have got in touch. It's been really nice to hear from from listeners. So great no, th- thoroughly enjoying it. I'm going to listen to it every time it comes out. So it's grand. <laughs> 